Welcome to VCR, a Vintage Cinema Rewind. We're bringing old movies to new viewers. That's right, and this week we have a very fun movie of Fish Called Wanda. And now I forget what year it is. 1988. Yeah. I'm Blake. I'm Jason. Before we do plot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I think I even cut you off there. What's your name? I'm Jason. Who are you? Blake. It's still Blake. (laughs) Balake. Okay. (laughs) Let's do plot. Let's get into this. (laughs) I had a funny line that I was going to oh, do. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Do your do your line. And so, I was... <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Grab some lemons, some tartar sauce, and you got a good fish fry of a movie here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. So, plot. Yeah, let's up. get into it. In a fish called Wanda, a heist is planned and pulled off, but main character Wanda manipulates and infatuates each member of the group into running away with her and the money. This web of love and lies tangles them all up in a ridiculous scenarios, in ridiculous scenarios, as they try to take the diamonds for themselves and Wanda too. So we've got uh, George; he's a mastermind, but Wanda, and that's who Wanda's kind of with at the beginning. But she uses her other lover, who's kind of an idiotic, vulgar guy named Otto, to get George arrested after the heist is pulled off. But George has already moved the diamonds. So George is in jail. Ken is his stuttering henchman. He's trying to help George, but uh, he has a hard time killing a bitch while fighting off Otto. And Archie, who's George's lawyer, falls in love with Wanda while she's trying to find out where the diamonds are. She seduces him and tries to manipulate him into telling him what he can learn from George about where the diamonds actually are. And then Archie falls in love with Wanda then Otto is, he's just trying to screw everyone else over and escape with Wanda. So <laughs> there's just a massive web of um, confusion on everyone's part. Wanda is at the center of it. Yeah. Yeah. E- each person trying to get the better of the other person. As a side note, that poor old woman and her dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So uh. this is like a very good comedy. Very 80s, but the, and like the, the cast there's some big hitters here. Yeah, there's definitely some household names involved with the movie. And I think that's a pretty good segue into characters and people you may know. So our first and probably most important character is Wanda Gershwitz. So she's the manipula- manipulative con artist. She's playing absolutely everybody. And that's really what she seems to be most interested in of anything is just manipulating almost getting or off on that I, th- I think she's just so good at it and she just wants the money yeah could be debated but yeah like it's a little bit of both she gets really into um like her roles i guess that she's playing with each of these people yeah she plays different roles mm. and performs differently for different people yeah which is really interesting to see her interactions with each of the men as she manipulates them throughout the movie yeah. so Wanda is played by Jamie Lee Curtis, an absolute household name. I don't think we need to dive too much into Jamie Lee Curtis's filmography, but from our generation, you definitely know her from Freaky Friday. But she yeah. was also the in the original Halloween movie and the subsequent remakes and sequels and even this new kind of reboot that's been happening the last five years or so, which are good movies, actually. The, the new ones? I haven't... I haven't really... I've seen a little bit 
of newer ones, but I didn't go full into them. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But it's I, cool that like she has that range, like the horror and the comedy. She's on both, and she does them both well. I do remember like some of her scenes in Halloween. Overall, phenomenal actress. Yeah. So she also most recently was in Knives Out, which was a great movie. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun with that one. Which is kind of a similar... She was not a similar character in that, but it's almost kind of like a... Similar vibe. Yeah, similar vibe. Like, they're they're in the same genre pool. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, great movie. Yeah, because this is a heist that's... It, they pulled off the heist well, but then yeah. everything that happens after is what is almost similar to Knives Out, where they're just trying to figure out, like, piece it all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Similar vein. Similar vein. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we have Otto West, played by Kevin Klein. So Otto West is, and and John Cleese actually said this perfectly. He was written as a man not smart enough to realize how stupid he is. Yes, and- he's he looks into things that would make him sound intelligent without yeah. understanding what he's even saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically, he's he's like smooth talking while being an idiot. He, like he's smart in his own way, but it's completely not smart. <laughs> it's like a a Joe Rogan kind of smart. He just knows a lot of things. Yeah. But if you don't apply them properly, then it just comes out as gibberish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's basically him, and he is playing in the scenario with all of the other members. Mm-hmm. He is pretending to be Wanda's brother, so that they can run off together. But really, he's Wanda's lover. Yes. Or is he? <laughs> He is, yeah. Well, well, he's he, one. He of. is, but Wanda's like even playing him as well. Mm-hmm. So just because he's he's really good with guns, like he's a uh, he's he says he's ex CIA, but yeah. do we? He's probably he's not I, intelligent I enough. Yeah, I don't think he's ex CIA. I I thought about that too for a little bit. Like ah, I don't I don't think that's his background. But I will say though that I think Wanda picked a good person to be her like her fall guy or yeah, like, yeah. to to be the the guy to get her out but not smart enough to realize that he's also being played. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So next we have George Thomas Thomason who's the uh he's the brains behind the operation. He is Wanda's current formal partner yeah. in the film and he's played by Tom Georgeson. <laughs> <laughs> which is great yeah yeah the names that they chose for this movie a lot of it had to do with like just like they just pulled them out of nowhere a lot of the names are inside jokes or references to exterior things going on yeah either themselves or just like their favorite actors actors or whatever yeah yeah so george thomason has a henchman named ken pyle and Ken Pyle has a pretty rough stutter. He is a big animal lover, as we see in the early part of the film with his fish. fish. Tank. And then he also is absolutely in love with Wanda as well, as he's named his favorite fish Wanda. Yeah, yeah. He's played by Michael Palin. So this is our first of our two Monty Python connections. Mm. He was also in The Death of Stalin, which was a really great movie. I don't know if you've watched it. I haven't. But I would highly recommend it, especially with the current climate. It's kind of an interesting comedy. 
and it's got a lot of big names in as well. Really well done. I, I can't I couldn't recommend Death of Stalin enough. What when did like what age was that from? That's not like uh twenty seventeen, I think. Really? Yeah. It's okay. got Jess and I watched it in the last year or so. It's Steve Buscemi, Jeffrey Tambor, Michael Palin. It's got a lot of big faces in it. It's great. It's hmm. really great. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, our next main character. Oh, actually, let me go back because I didn't actually talk about Kevin Klein at all. So Kevin Klein is the actor playing Otto West. He's actually in a, a large number of films in the 80s and 90s and received a lot of critical acclaim and popularity during that time. But I looked through his entire filmography and he might be one of the few actors that this was like the first time that I've actually watched him in something yeah. in a long time. Like I actually hadn't seen any of his other filmography before. Well, like Wild Wild West, I remember that. I haven't but seen it. <clears throat> I, like I watched it as, as a kid because no one else would watch that. It wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. But... um. Yeah, I don't know him from much else, really. He's, he's in a lot of yeah, popular movies, though. He's well respected. Yeah. And he was yeah, in he, he was in The Big Chill, which is a movie that I've heard of but never seen. Silverado, Cry Freedom, Grand Canyon, Dave, French Kiss, The Ice Storm, A Midsummer Night's Dream. I've heard of that. Again, that might be a movie that we might get into. Well, that's like uh that. that's Shakespeare, so that's maybe a play. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that's the so because he was in Broadway as well. Yeah, he did have a big stint on Broadway. He was in he did some animated work too, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Rotel Dorado. Rotel Dorado is supposed to be really good. And I want to check. Oh that out man, I love that movie. I don't think I've ever seen. If it. we're gonna do a like cartoon, yeah, from that time, we're watching that. It I is, could be really down for that because I've heard really good things about it. I'm down. But anyway, yes, he's got a he's got a really big film career he's also as a side note in the tv show bob's burgers he plays mr calvin fisho fishender and he's in 35 episodes so i don't think he's a main character but he is Hmm. prominent throughout the series which is pretty funny yeah pretty popular tv show right now our last main character that i want to talk about is archie leach who's the barrister who is basically the legal aid for George Thomason after he's arrested by the police and he falls head over heels in love with Wanda partially because he's in his own loveless marriage which we see mm-hmm. kind of as the film goes on and his relationship with his wife and his daughter and he's played by John Cleese another big mainstay I would say household name at this point from Monty Python Twin Peaks I think the average person doesn't know John Cleese. I don't know. John Cleese is like, his voice, his face, like he's such a recognizable person. He is, but he's only, like he's in specific areas. And if you haven't explored those areas, you might not know him to respect him as well as like what he deserves. He was in Rat Race. I don't remember him in Rat Race. He was the main guy. He was. I'm pretty sure he was the... Uh, One of the rich guys? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was the rich guy oh, okay. in Rat Race. So, yeah, I I was focusing on the on all the other characters that I kind of knew and yeah. recognized, but I wouldn't have known that that was John Cleese. Yeah, he's in he's in so many movies um, and so many TV shows. Like the Monty Python series is one of the biggest sketch comedy TV series of all time. That like the Monty Python group just like they created their whole this whole area of comedy before it got to America. Yeah, and was just hugely impactful. Like Conan talks about them all the time, mm. 
and I wonder if he has an episode with John Cleese because he has I some with. Imagine he does. He has some with other uh, Monty Python cast, but anyways. Mm-hmm. So that's the main cast. There is one actually kind of interesting appearance that is in the latter half of the film. Stephen Fry shows up for a brief moment in time, and this is actually a really early acting role for him hmm. in film. So kind of who, interesting. Who did he play? He was I near it. the end. What? Where was he? Oh, he's talking to Otto, I think, in the airport. Oh, oh. He steals his yeah, ticket. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's where Stephen Fry makes an appearance. Okay. Director. So this is Charles Crichton. This is actually his first and last directed film for a 20-year span. He dire- He was a prominent director in the 40s through 60s, and then he had a film a couple films that did really poorly. And so he took a long break from film directing before coming back to do this with John Cleese, him and John Cleese had talked for a long time about making a movie together. And they finally got together and do that. Charles Crichton is known for directing a lot of British TV shows. I didn't know any of them myself. I I did do some digging on them. There was, they all kind of ranged in, in popularity and Mm -hmm. length British shows don't have the same run length as normal U.S. shows do. Like, if a U.S. show is popular, it might have, like, 10 seasons or something crazy, whereas usually British shows, other than, like, the big soap operas, have, like, kind of, like, the limited runtime. They tell their story, and then they get they get out kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I kind of tried to do some digging into his stuff, and I couldn't tell how prominent they were or, or how important they were to TV, but... That's that's his kind of past. Um, yeah, like he has some, like his other known for movies are from like forty five to fifty one, mm-hmm. and they're like thrillers and yeah, it's it's hard to even say. Yeah, we haven't really dove into that era. I've never dove into that era. Yeah. So, I I don't really know him as a director the uh like the posters for some of his other big movies just look like um like paperback novels that like <laughs> you used to see at garage sales when you were right. a kid and like like this might be good like the hunted yeah. yeah who is this movie for if you're a fan of heist films this isn't a traditional heist film no but it's kind of, it's not part of that formulaic heist movie where you learn about how things happened it's it's more similar to heist gone wrong movies like yeah like it's like italian job when uh what's his name edward norton ran off with the money and the rest of them didn't get any spoilers (laughs) oh come on it's italian job (laughs) um i was also thinking what's the what's the quentin tarantino movie as well reservoir dogs yeah reservoir dogs it's not it's not obviously exactly the same as that but it's kind of also in that same vein where it's we're post the this movie is dealing with the aftermath of a heist rather than the heist itself yes yeah there's not we don't go into the planning we don't go into like what happens during it too much we see it yeah see it's like the first 10 15 minutes and we get it done and out the door and then we got another hour and a half or so of of the aftermath yeah and it's basically a um, like everyone is running around like chickens with their legs cut off. Yeah, exactly. So if you're a fan of Monty Python, you need to see this movie because it's from John Cleese himself, and 
there's a lot of inspiration drawn from not only Monty Python, but from the minds of Monty Python with Michael Palin being involved in the movie as well. The Each of the actors, and I want to talk about this in more detail in the effects and filming, but each of the actors actually was a lot more heavily involved than in most movies with developing their characters hmm. and their arcs. Yeah, it's it's this seems like very much like a bunch of funny people got together and just mm-hmm. really wanted to make this happen and they did it their way. It's not formulaic. It's not It's like anti-formulaic yeah, almost because yeah. I kept expecting something to happen and things kept subverting my expectations. I just I like every time I thought something was going to happen the one way, it happened the completely yeah. opposite way. And you there's also no character growth. No. The, <laughs> so the None characters whatsoever. the characters are who they are like through and through mm-hmm. and it's just hilarious watching them each each of their personalities is very specific and they just bounce off each other. You know what I would say is if you liked the TV show um The League, you would probably really enjoy something like this because it's also very ad-libbed, it's very inspired by the um the cast. You could tell that the actors were all like very tuned into their role. They were all having a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that makes for a, a better film yeah. or even TV series like The League. So I could I could draw a connection between those two. I love the league so, so and yeah, if you're a fan of that ad libbing, that that creative free to freedom, I think this is kind of an interesting study there. Yeah, and like Kevin Klein just kills it in that respect. Oh yeah, Kevin he, Klein is like he steals every scene yeah, he's in. Yeah, basically, and he's the one who like you remember his quotes, you remember his character lines and his like. His mannerisms. His mannerisms, yeah. yeah. He he was the guy at the beginning of the film where I was like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to like this guy. I don't know if I like this portrayal mm-hmm. either. But by the end of the film, I was like, wow, like I need to see more Kevin Klein films yeah. because I haven't seen any at this point. And he just crushed it and yeah. everything that he did in the film. And he won uh, an Academy Award for this. Yeah, did he, not? he did. His Best supporting... one and only for supporting actor. Yeah, and that like that rarely happens in a comedy overall. Well, it rarely happens in a comedy, and I was reading as well that it rarely happens it to people who have never been nominated before. Yeah, to win yeah. without a nominate a previous nomination is is a very rare instance. Yeah. So yeah, like this movie, it's not really um, traditional. No. Like, there's a lot of things that make it very unique it took it took like a few months for it to hit the number one in the charts yeah, that's a really the, interesting aspect yeah, of it from as well. from its release date to it hitting number one is the like the longest record holder yeah six weeks in the u.s before yeah. it moved up to number so one so that that makes again this like this has to do with why we're talking about like who should watch this it's unique in that this was a movie that it didn't come out with like a bang, but everybody was talking about it. Yeah. And the word of mouth just kept getting it higher and higher on the charts until it like peaked at number one after six weeks. That's how I imagine it at least. Yeah. You know what? If you liked, if you like indie movies or indie comedies, then you, you'd probably like this one as well. There's one in particular that I'm thinking of with Mark Duplass, um, safety, not guaranteed, which is a time travel movie. And it's an indie comedy 
it's it's really great as well and and so if you like that you're probably gonna enjoy something like this as well yeah like this isn't a big box office comedy that no, you would it's not expect a blockbuster. Like, it's not something you would really expect from Jamie Lee Curtis either like like she she did more like bigger she did bigger things yeah but this one is so toned down and just so like everything was tight within the comedy and everything yes. it was just it was very um indie yeah yeah so it's, it's, got, it's, it's got like the OG it. indie movie. Yeah, just overall comedy. Yeah, I I think those are my main points uh, that, that I wanted to hit on. So, when to watch. This is... It's not quite a turn-your-brain-off movie, but it's not something you have to be super involved in the whole time. No, yeah, um, it's just about watching the characters' interactions. Yeah. It's focused on that is what I would say. Like, the plot doesn't matter so much it's just yeah. funny how the interactions are happening yeah i think this is a good sunday night me- movie yeah that's where i would put this one i would agree where to watch so it is currently streaming in a few places but they're all kind of offshoots there i've never heard of these streaming services before but hoopla and tubi tv are the main two it's also streaming on the mgm amazon channel which you have to have a separate subscription for right now, but I guess we'll see how things play out because I believe Amazon just closed on the deal with MGM, so I wouldn't be shocked if that eventually just gets integrated. I actually... So I, I, when we're looking at where these are streaming, we're going to justwatch.com, the Canadian version for us. And so I actually saw that it was on Tubi. I tried it out. Mm -hmm. It wasn't bad. Like the, it was, oh, yeah. it was great streaming. Um, there was a few ads, but they were fine. Like it, I got up and grabbed a drink or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, so overall, was it free with ads. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, you just you literally go to just watch and click on Tubi, and then you watch it. And then there's a few ads here and there. It's it, I think there was like like three two minute ads throughout. So it's really easy to stream. You know what's really great that I just realized that you you made a really great point here is you can literally just click on those streaming like on the yeah. uh, stream there, and it's already integrated and connected to those streaming sites. That is awesome. Honestly, is- we should push for a just watch. Uh- some yeah. ads or something yeah <laughs> we should. It, we actually believe in the product I and it's phenomenal and we're gonna talk about it anyways so yeah give us some money just watch <laughs> and we'll, I... <laughs> we'll we'll let you just watch <laughs> or listen i mean <laughs> yeah uh, maybe well we'll see what we can get there we'll see what we can get but i i'm a huge fan of just watch and i it, and again they've surpassed my expectations yeah. again yeah. here anyway that's where to watch this is probably the point where we cut it off. I, I feel like we haven't been talking that long, but let's cut it off. Spoilers. Uh, we've been as spoiler-free as possible up until now. We're going to dive into spoilers with the rest of our discussion now. So if you haven't seen this movie and you're interested in it, go check it out. Definitely Just- worth a watch. It's so funny. Yeah, it was a pretty good movie. It was a good movie. I was surprised at the times that I laughed like out loud so hard. Mm. It just got it caught me by surprise a few times in such a amazing way. Yeah, yeah. Go watch. Go watch. Just, just watch. Just watch. Just watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, themes. I don't think I have too much that I want to really discuss here. Like, m- maybe we could discuss 
the each of the characters in a little bit more detail. But at that point, I think I'd want to just wrap that in with effects and filming. So is there anything in particular you want to discuss themes wise? Um, not the, like there's not an, this isn't built around themes. No, it's not. It's more just, it is a character study basically. Like they're just go, like each character yeah. and how they interact in this crazy chaotic situation. Yeah. So, and, and they're all extremes of, of each ideal. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into effects and filming, because that's where I think there's some really interesting stuff to discuss here. So as I said previously, so John Cleese and Charles Crichton gave a lot of freedom to the actors, and that was something that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis really lamented about the project, was how much creative freedom as an actor she got and how she wasn't used to that before, but afterwards she was like, this is amazing and I need this always. Mm. Um so they they basically were like, you know, make each of the characters your own, like add a little bit of your own sauce into it, figure out like what what your character's motivations are mm-hmm. and what their ideals are. Um, and they just kind of threw it out there to them. And so so like you had said previously, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, the character of Wanda, her her primary motivation originally in the script was indeed money. Um, however, Jamie Lee Curtis actually twisted that a little bit. She didn't think that that's really what Wanda's primary motivation was. Mm. She thought that pr- Wanda's primary motivation was just really just the rush of manipulation yeah, and manipulating yeah, okay. people and conning people. Yeah. And she didn't care so much about the reward, just like being in the moment. And that's where we see her kind of interacting with the different characters with that, where she actually didn't necessarily have her end goal figured out. She didn't have like a direction. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was, she liked going off the cuff and like sorting out like who, how to manipulate the next person into getting where she wanted to go. Yeah. Okay. So she was all about the journey. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Michael Palin. So he, actually took a lot of inspiration through the stuttering from his dad. His dad yeah. was a had a, a really bad stutter. Um, so a lot of that was him growing up and his experiences with his father. And there's actually been quite a bit of studying of his character and his portrayal. And he, he portrayed that character in such a way that... Whoops. He portrayed that character in such a way that it, it was very, I guess authentic to mm-hmm. what having a stutter is like like um when he's talking to animals he has no stutter and that's yeah. actually something that the it's been observed mm-hmm. um when he's talking to people who he's very close to like wanda his stutter goes down and then when he's talking to like somebody like ken who's very stressful and very like abrupt and in his face and making fun of him making him uncomfortable yeah and yeah. that's when the stutter really piles on yeah or um, just high stress situations yeah yeah exactly so he's kind of, that character took a lot of inspiration from real life john cleese has an interesting kind of tale i don't know if you want to i didn't get into that that far into like what his portrayal was like or anything what it was based on well i don't have much about who how his portrayal was but the name archie leach yes yes so the name archie leach actually comes from a a pretty recent uh character on our podcast or actor on our podcast carrie grant yeah so Uh, it was 
Archie Leach is Cary Grant's real name. Yeah. We we didn't even see that in anything previous nope. and we've looked like yeah, we've looked at Cary Grant and um yeah, so that was really cool to find out. Yeah. So Cary Grant was John Cleese's hero. Uh yeah. his his film acting like uh inspiration. So he wanted to pay tribute to Cary Grant and that's the way he did it by calling his character Archie Leach which is a a pretty great name for somebody who is where he's at in his yes, life in the yeah, film. Yeah. Because he seems to be from the outside a super uh professional and like high level barrister lawyer in the English system. Mm-hmm. And um, Wanda sees that she sees his huge house and everything, and she thinks she, he's rich. Yeah. But we then find out that he is actually not the rich one. His wife, who he's married to unhappily, is comes from like an old rich family, and he just married in. Yeah, that's such a hilarious moment when that you realize that he's like, yeah. nah, I'm not. I don't have any money. Basically, yeah, yeah. like it's all hers. Yeah. Interesting enough as well, his real life daughter is his daughter in the film. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, um, it was nice. A nice. Wait, was it his daughter? Yeah, it was his daughter. Oh, I thought it was uh, someone else's. Kevin Klein's? Yeah. Nah, it was, no, it was his. Okay. Yeah, I just read that quickly. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so John Cleese actually, I meant to say this earlier, you spoke about how um, he wanted everyone to be very free with their characters and like right. figure them out themselves. Yep. John Cleese later said, um, life is too short to work with Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> because so this was like he was used to that improv style um comedy and writing and everything right. from Monty Python and everything, sketch comedy. So he had that whole thing figured out. Yeah, the the ability to ad lib and just toss in and like to become the character and then like throw them into situations and know how they would act right so i think jamie lee curtis must have struggled with that she eventually said you said that she loved it yeah but at first it seemed like they they might have had a little of a struggle there well and that's something actually that kevin klein struggled with as well originally was learning how to ad lib and and getting to his character but that was something that he definitely embraced and as the film goes on you could definitely see him like becoming just more relaxed uh, and more like diving deeper into this stupid like smart stupid character and one of the quotes that i wrote down that i loved was uh he's trying to he doesn't like when people call him stupid he likes to like seem very smart and everything and at a certain point wanda gets like upset with him and he's like don't call me stupid and then she says uh (laughs) that's a great line i know what you're about to say but yeah i'm gonna pull it up there's actually a few lines about him being stupid that but him like his interactions with wanda that are pretty funny in one, he's like, don't call me stupid. And then she's like, oh, right, to call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people. Yeah. Which is like a classic line there. And she's like, I'd, I've known sheep that could outwit you. I've worn dresses with higher IQs, but you think you're an intellectual, don't you, you ape? And then he's like, apes don't read philosophy. She's like, yes, they do, Otto. They just don't understand it. <laughs> Which is yeah. like... the. That was like the epitome of her, like cutting down exactly his character. Like, yes, he is an ape that can't that can read philosophy but not understand it. Exactly. That's really the four main characters and how they dove into each of their characters. Other effects of filming 
really the only other one actually i have two I have two interesting ones. The first was that the fish were made out of jello. Um, when he was eating them? Yeah, when he was Auto- eating them. Oh, that was yeah. such a, like, that scene made me squirm more than any other scene yeah. in the film. He did it so well. Like, oh. it is, like because oh. because he's playing it, like, he's not super serious. He always is making f- fun. Like, he's yeah. joking, but he's super serious at the same time in this scenario where... He, so Otto's tied up Ken, and he's shoving... Um, fries like chips into his nose yeah with ketchup yeah with so, ketchup which is such a like uh, a genius torture yeah method, yeah like to suffocate somebody yeah <laughs> yeah and um he's trying to get information out of ken about the whereabouts of the actual diamonds and he's like making fun of his stutter and everything throughout this whole thing and then he starts eating his fish from the fish tank. Mm-hmm. And these, these fish are a character of themselves in the movie. Basically they're, they're like a central character, especially between Otto and Ken and the plot points of the movie where the key to the safety deposit box right. is hidden in the treasure chest in the fish tank. Except it's not. Except it's not because... <laughs> the whole film. Yeah, because, yeah, it's hidden there for a little bit and then um, Jamie Lee Curtis, Wanda, finds it and keeps Takes it... Takes it, like, immediately and, yeah. and but doesn't tell anyone about it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's all these, like, misinformation cues, like, so much going on. Mm-hmm. But, um, so he starts eating Ken's fish, which, are like, Ken loves these fish mm-hmm. and he and Otto knows it. So he just starts eating them, and he, uh, the actor Kevin Klein was down to eat real fish, but they're yeah. like, "No, we can't do that." Yeah. So they made like some Jello ones. He just like scooped them out and slurped them up, and he like holds them in his mouth so oh. that they're still sticking out. Yeah. yeah. Great uh, acting there. Like, yeah, really great acting, but it made me squirm. So I had to, I had to figure out what those were. Well, Otto's dangling Archie out of the window. Yeah. The people down below weren't actually actors. They didn't um, know that that... Oh, my God, because there's a group of people watching. There's yeah. just a r- bunch of random bystanders. Now, they could probably see the camera yeah. crew, but it's still pretty hilarious that a bunch of people were out there like... like yeah, yeah. And and in the UK as well, like yeah. I feel like they're just like... Like, you know, everyone's like, so proper there. Yeah. And, that, and also, that comes into it, like, being English for John Cleese's character. He goes yes. into a little diatribe about that. So, yeah, like, the people, like, seeing this ridiculousness happening, and they're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what are they doing? Yeah. There's, like, nobody's screaming or, like, yeah. you know, doing anything crazy. They're just saying, they're like, ah, these idiots, like, <laughs> so yeah. improper. Yeah. I couldn't find anything about the steamroller scene. I was trying to find like the effects on that, but I, I just I didn't see anything for it. So that might be one of those things where we have to ask the audience that if if they know anything about that, I, like I just I wanted to understand how they were able to film. Like I can't imagine he actually went under. No, yeah. Like there's no way. It must but... be similar to Soylent Green, where they just had like dummies. Yeah, it's probably a dummy situation, but. Um, well, it was a dummy. It was uh, auto. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a dummy underneath that thing. Yeah. For sure. That was a great scene. I, I wonder if they're the first to do the steamroller scene because we know it as like millennials from Austin Powers. Yes. And that was actually inspired from that. So yeah, yeah. I want to say yes, that this is this was the inspiration for subsequent steamroller scenes. Yeah. Honestly, these two, that Austin Powers probably correlates somewhat with this like there's it's similar similar humor in certain areas not not completely directly like 
Austin Powers is way more Austin Powersy. <laughs> it's its own beast. But yeah. um, this is like like a smarter humor. I don't know. No, I I see where you're going with it, and I could see there being a connection. Yeah. There, but. Just that steamroller scene was so funny because Ken is on top of a steamroller and he's like 30 feet away. Yeah, from and he's like slowly inching his way uh, yeah. there while um, Otto's delivering like his like his lines about like how how much he hates like Archie. Yeah, and, yeah. And Archie's like kind of stalling for time, even though like Archie's stalling for time, but even he doesn't recognize like what's happening with the steamroller yeah. until it's like, until it's like right there basically. Mm. And by right there, I mean still like a minute or two away. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's like, going so slow. <laughs> it's so and, slow. And then of course, Otto starts like, oh, are you g- g- going to kill me ken yeah and like and even like that like we still we're still like a minute yeah, or two yeah. away from like him getting steamrolled and he's like revenge <laughs> yeah, yeah and then um because kevin klein or auto is so dumb he he's steps into wet cement yeah that's like his feet get stuck and he's like oh Oh shit! Like, like he was making fun of him for trying this dumb way to kill him, and then he's like, "Oh my god, it's actually gonna work." Then he starts like negotiating with him. He's like, "How about sixty forty? Like, we'll we'll escape together." Yeah. yeah, yeah. For me, that's the highlight. Is the the final scene there uh, with the steamroller? You no, know that's what? my favorite part of the movie. the the thing that made me laugh the absolute most goes back to the stutter, and mm. it's the. Uh, do you know what I mean? What he's ca- trying to say, like the... Cathcart Hotel. Yeah. Cathcart Towers Hotel. Right. So, um, John Cleese uh, comes into Wanda's apartment, uh, it's Ken's apartment, where he was just tied up and watched uh, Otto, like, eat mm-hmm. his fish. Mm-hmm. And then um, Otto runs out, John Cleese runs in, and he's like, where are the diamonds? And... <laughs> Ken cannot get it out because he just <laughs> experienced like basically like torture. psychological and physical torture. Yeah. He almost died because uh, he plugged his nose with um, fries and then a pear chips. in his mouth. Yeah, chips. <laughs> sorry. So he's super stressed. Yeah. And he cannot say the hotel that the diamonds are in. Yeah. And um, John Cleese is like trying so hard <laughs> to like calm down and calm him down. And like he's like. He's like, what, well, what, also like what being if you in a sing rush. It? Yeah, yeah. He's like, try singing it, like, <laughs> and then he tries to sing it while stuttering, and like he cannot get it out. And then he, they finally go over and like get a pen, write it down. Yeah. And um, he writes it down, and John Cleese is like, oh, the Cathcart Towers Hotel. And then Ken is finally like, yeah, the Cathcart, <laughs> the Cathcart Towers Hotel, and he says it perfectly. And then I, th- I think he breaks the fourth wall and looks at the camera, and he's like, oh, <laughs> like that scene made me laugh so hard. I replayed it back for Annabelle, and because she's like, why were you laughing so hard? And I replayed it, and like she laughed pretty hard too. It was yeah. just a perfect scene. Yeah, that's a great scene as well. There's there's a few other good scenes that I want to talk about in my review as well. Uh, score. I also don't have much to add in score for the film. It fits the film pretty well. I listened to it this morning before we record again. It was composed by John Duprez. He's not a exceptionally well-known um, composer for film 
but he made the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie in the 90s, the original one. Oh, no way. That was killer. Yeah. Like, he did a pretty good job with that, I yeah, feel. Yeah, the like, score of that one. Yeah, he created the whole vibe of that. Yeah. I don't know that it had any, like, anything that you really remember, but I remember the feeling of the songs. Yeah. Or, like, the, the music. Like, the everything was, like, dirty and grimy. It was New York. Exactly. And, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, again, I think that he did a good job of setting the mood in the film fairly well, but... I don't really have too much to add to it. Yeah. That's that's just my little piece there. Let's talk Legacy. So this is Crichton's final film. Um, he was nominated for Best Director and Best Screenplay for the film. Hmm. Uh, he unfortunately lost both to the film Rain Man. Um, oh. Yeah. So, which is that's a big That's fair. Year. That's fair. Yeah, which is a big movie. Although, I will say, I've I've seen Rain Man, but I do not remember it well. And that's never a good sign for movies for me. It's not. I remember, yeah. like, a decent amount of it. I watched it when I was fairly young. I was probably, like, 12, 13. So, uh-huh. I, think, I think re-watching that might be, like, a good little thing. But, like, it's, yeah, we can it's, watch a, it some point. it's a big movie from that time. Yeah. It's, oh, it's huge. Um, very important movie. And... And a movie that's again referenced in a number of other oh, films yeah, going so forward. Oh yeah, so referenced. So I can understand where he didn't win that. It would have been cool to see though a win for a comedy, best director for a comedy. Yeah. Um, and best screenplay. So Kevin Klein wins best supporting actor, hugely deserved. Yeah. In my opinion. And uh, the other the other kind of interesting bit here is that there's a Danish man who infamously laughed himself to death during the french fry scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like a classic thing in movie pop culture or like cult culture of like someone actually dying watching this like from laughter. Mm -hmm. So that's like, it's like in like a top list of whatever, but yeah. Yeah. Though the full story is essentially that he... Uh, had something in his personal life that happened kind of similar to the French fries in the nose thing. <laughs> okay. And so he, while that scene was happening, he was thinking about like had his own personal experience and he laughed so hard that he went into cardiac arrest and died. Shit. So pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The film, in terms of its references later, it, it is referenced a number of times in TV shows and even some references in movies. It's, but it, I don't know if there's too many other like direct inspirations that came out of this one yeah like it didn't spawn like a whole like a whole movie or anything like that but it's i think it is just mostly it's very similar to soylent green Mm -hmm. where it's just referenced as like in in shows and pop culture a little bit yeah like if there's a fish involved one might be called wanda and it's funny or like there's a um like a character's name is Fonda in this one movie that I'm or show that I'm looking at. So they call it a fish named Fonda and like they run something similar. Yeah. I think the biggest point coming out of the film is the, the climax there with the steamroller finale, because that does get used or referenced occasionally, like you said, with Austin powers, Austin powers, but it's also referenced in the original Deadpool movie where he's killing somebody with, uh, the ice, uh, machine. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. Zamboni. Yeah. Which is funny because he's Canadian too. Yeah. Um, (laughs) there's, here's just a really funny small one in the video game portal Two, which is a big, 
video very, game. Very, very famous. Um, there's a character that acts like Otto, and if you call him stupid, he goes berserk. Right. Yeah, and that's that is definitely something that I've seen in other TV and film before. Yeah, is yeah. is when people get really really upset about being called stupid or crazy yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And then just a small line from Archie is, uh, "I used to box for Oxford," and that was referenced in The Lone Ranger in 2013. Oh like, no way! Things like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there, there's definitely lines. You know what? I don't know if I've seen referenced, but Otto's lines that are like disappointed <laughs> were perfect they were yes. perfect i would like i'm surprised i haven't seen that before yeah like he um so they open up the safe right after the heist yeah and george has already moved the diamonds mm-hmm. and uh wanda and Otto come back to the sh- shop t- um to s- steal the diamonds right and they open it it's empty and he's just like, like he's like blowing up inside, and he's like disappointed. <laughs> it's just like such a good line. And yeah. then, um, like he walks away and like comes back and like shoots randomly the safe. Yeah. I think also that could be a pop culture reference where someone who is like a gunman just mm. shoots things randomly. I've seen right. that in other things. I imagine that came out of the western genre. If anything, yeah, um, but I I don't know if anyone did it just like at inanimate objects because they were angry. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh, I had another one. Um, who was it that said totally deranged? Was it Archie? Because yeah, it, yeah, which yeah. is really funny because Jess, like right from the get go, was like this character is completely deranged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the the delivery of that line made me laugh pretty hard. Yeah. So another thing, the effects in filming sort of yeah. is involved in this, but uh, Ken killing the dogs. <laughs> Such a central, like, that's like his whole, like, character Story arc. arc. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it is so funny. <laughs> that poor woman. Like, and, and so I was not expecting Ken. I was, and this is, again, where my mind is going one way and the plot is going a completely different way. Yeah, yeah. For me, I thought that Ken was going to be Kaiser Zose. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, this guy is going to, like, and and it kind of changed throughout the film. But right off the bat, I was like, he's going to be the one that gets away with everything. Yeah. So um, if anyone doesn't know Kaiser Zose, you have to watch... Uh, the Usual Suspects. The Usual Suspects. And because we're talking to new viewers, oh, that, yeah, okay. that is Fair a must-see. Yes. Watch The Usual Suspects. We should do that. We should do that at Anyways, some point. Anyways, let's go back. Uh, so, yeah. So, you you were saying, like, you don't really... You didn't really see that kind of line coming from no, him? No. And, and him being just, like, also pure evil? Um, yeah, like, yeah. Like, he didn't want to kill the dogs. But he but, was fine killing the lady. But he was fine killing the lady, but then he she was kept kinda, killing the dogs by yeah, accident. Yeah, which, And it was killing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he kept getting injured each Yeah, time. yeah. So, um, I actually... As soon as I saw the dog-walking lady... So, the... We see her first when they are walk. Or they all run out of the. Uh, they complete the heist and they're trying to make the getaway. Mm-hmm. And this lady with three like corgis or whatever mm-hmm. walks out in front of them, and she's like kind of mean about it. She's kind of bitchy. Right. And uh, I I don't know if there's a line or anything there, but yeah. So um, I I knew that she was gonna be important. Mm-hmm. I wrote that down. Yes. That's my like fourth note. In watching this movie, I was like, um, dog walking lady, question mark. <laughs> yeah, because she saw them. Um, she yeah, had the visual. yeah, yeah. So then she gets involved and um, George makes 
can dispose of her. Right. And then and then Otto and um Ken have a, a one dollar bet or ten dollar bet. Auto oh, a won- pound. A it's, pound. It was yeah. A pound. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Like just their interaction, Ken and Otto's interactions were some of the funniest. Yeah, I agree. Um, because, and, and he's like, "I got you owe me a pound. You owe me a p- p- pound." Yeah, yeah. Um, when he finally, so he was trying. So first, what what happened with the dogs? First, he tried to attack her oh, he with sent a out Doberman. The attack dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he sent out then, a, an attack dog, and the dog just ran off with one of the yep. three dogs that the lady owned. And then she has the funeral. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, to the funeral. Yeah, she has the funeral because you're like, oh, did she die from a heart attack? But then it was just like straight yeah, up her dog. They yeah, having a yeah. For and the dog. she survived because she took a pill. Yeah. Yeah. The second time. Oh, what was the second time? I remember the third time and the first time. No, the second time was the thing falling. Yeah. That, so he, she had some work going on outside of her building and he has like a sniper rifle and we think he's just going to shoot her th- this time so he doesn't kill one of the dogs. Yeah. But he tries to shoot a ha- hanging thing above her and it squishes one of her dogs. And he's just so heartbroken. <laughs> but that is like a classic um, like dumb guy trying to kill someone but then accidentally like missing it's almost like a wily coyote scenario yeah which they played it off very well <laughs> what section are we in we're right kind now of between segments a little bit we're yeah. we're coming up on our personal reviews what i want to talk about actually before we do personal reviews is areas where the film subverted expectations because i have a few and i kind of want to discuss them and i don't know this is almost maybe a critique but not a critique is archie not realizing that he's being conned by Wanda at any point in time. I don't think he cares at this point. He didn't care by the end. I don't think no. he cared by the end. But I kept thinking, like, he's going to realize, right? Yeah, that, like, yeah. She's obviously playing him to get to the jewels. Because, like, she kind of kept making it obvious, too. And she was pushing him for it. And he knew that she was connected to him. Like I kept being, I kept yeah, thinking in my yeah. head, like he's gonna realize that she's. No, he's just completely blocking that out because he doesn't. He's not happy right now right. in his life. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, this brings up a very good point. Mm-hmm. This is the theme of okay. the show of the movie. It is, um, like what men ex, what men want from women or something like that. Like, okay. So there's. That's basically like she knows how to play men, but mm-hmm. men want different things for diff- they want the same thing for different reasons. They want women f- to like do different things like right. this. That's kind of what's driving all of the characters and Wanda. Basically, this is all about men and women and what they want. Right. So when we're looking at Archie, he wants he wants a. He lives a boring English life. Everything is perfect. And uh, like he, not perfect, but I mean like he ha- he has a very good situation that he's, his life is in right now. Yeah. He's coasting off of being a good um, lawyer and his wife is rich. Yeah. Why would he fuck that up? He would because he wants excitement. Right. And Wanda is pure excitement to the point that he will block out the fact that she is using him 
and that this like like he he knows she is, but he still wants it so bad. That's a really great perspective that I didn't consider. I didn't until the like that connected at all. Really, yeah. it was um you saying like what he wanted kind of yeah and you know what i could very much see that as well especially by the end when he just doesn't care and he's yeah. like pretty obviously doesn't care yeah, like, he's, like his when it, his marriage is over and he's just like ah screw yeah, it like yeah. i don't have anything left here and i think like a, a a good like little metaphoric scene was him throwing away the little wig that they right. wear into the trash he's like i'm done with this yeah yeah because and like he has that important dialogue that may be actually very close to home for John Cleese Mm -hmm. about how the British life, like no one's alive to him in that, in that society that he lives in the upper class of society that he has always lived in. Right. Right. So he's completely willing to ignore the faults of Wanda because he just wants excitement. So that's what he wants. And like, it's very similar, I guess, to what everyone else wants, but he wants it a little bit deeper, and maybe that's why he wins. Yeah, So, and then that's the other thing, is the way it ends with him and her getting on the plane to leave for South America together. To I go- wasn't expecting him to get away. I was. Ex- yeah, there should have way- been some hubris there that like came down on him, and he just lost everything yeah. because he had this image in his mind of a grand new life yeah it was like it's almost like a fantasy like yeah. uh what's the, uh, the the american uh i can't remember what the movie's called uh it's the one with kevin spacey um where he's he wants to sleep with the younger woman but it, it's almost like that where you expect you know him to screw up and things to come down on him yeah like there should have been American Beauty. American Beauty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, this is where I guess, you know, you you and I have seen so many movies at this point that we have our expectations because mm-hmm. we, we've we seen maybe some of these trajectories before. Yeah. Um, and it, I, you know, I also thought that the way that they were playing Wanda as the con artist conning each of the different men out, that she would be the one. And I, so I said that to Jess at the end. I was like, Wanda's going to get away with this, right? And yeah, Jess was like, yeah. oh, definitely. And I was yeah. like, I think she's going to get away like by herself. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't expect him to get away with her. It almost, I think by the end, I think she actually did come to be in love with Archie. Yeah, because he was a mix of every of the other characters. So right. if you're if you're really dissected, um, Ken is like just completely in love with the idea of her and... Mm-hmm. So is Archie. He's very in love with her. And then um, uh, Otto, like he's, he wants her in a very sexual nature, a very dumb masculine nature. Yeah. And um, she, this is a point that we haven't brought up. She loves that when Otto talks Italian to her, but he right. he doesn't even speak Italian properly. Yeah. But then Archie does, and he speaks Russian, and that completely like <laughs> melts her brain. Yeah. And um, so he has those two covered, and then George, mm-hmm. George is actually smart. Yes. But he didn't have any of the other qualities. Where so when we look at Archie again, Archie is actually smart. Right. So 
she she wins the best and like maybe that maybe that's her motivation by the end or something like that that's really interesting that's yeah i like that take as well because for me it actually didn't fit with the movie but now that you've kind of warmed me up to the way that ends because for me it yeah again it felt like he should have been maybe punished for his hubris and um and punished for like his infidelity even like Mm. um because you like obviously they're in a loveless marriage but there's give and take there like isn't all her isn't all him kind of thing and and just with wanda's story arc as well i just for me it felt like she was she was going to be the one flying off on the sun into the sunset and i wasn't expecting him to be joining her with that the original ending of the film he she has him like they leave together and she ends up like bonking him on the back of the head when they get there and taking everything yeah which i think that would have really rubbed me the wrong way and i think that it actually did rub american audiences the wrong way and that's why they cut that ending okay made it into kind of that more of a love story yeah yeah because i yeah i I think that would have been like too much yeah yeah too abrupt yeah no it was a great scene and great concept what um when archie is going back to his house Mm-hmm. To rob his own house. Oh yeah, that was a great idea. That whole I knew, concept I knew was, was him phenomenal. Too. Yeah. And and like as soon as I saw that Otto was going to apologize, yeah. I wrote down like Otto's gonna fuck this up. <laughs> yeah. and, and he did he it so not. he did it so spectacularly. <laughs> like, like just so funny. I love I love that as well when he's like I'm so <laughs> yeah he's yeah. like trying to he's like, like practice freaking, it yeah oh yeah when he's and he like sits down in the Buddhist p- position yeah um because uh, Wanda makes fun of him for thinking that Buddhism means every man is for himself right it goes back into all of like his character things where he thinks he understands a concept but he just completely miss misses the point yeah yeah. So, um, yeah, and then, so he beats up Archie as Archie is trying to rob his own house. Yeah, to get the locket back. Uh, which had the key in it. Yeah, just, like, how he beats him up. And he's like, don't call me Otto, you call me Mr. Wait, why'd you <laughs> yeah. call me Otto? And then, like, he's already knocked him out. And, like, pulls his, uh, the thing over his head back. And he's like, oh, no. And then he's actually <laughs> he's able to like, say I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was phenomenal. And then after, when, uh... What part is it that he's chasing after Otto is chasing after Archie in the back of their house and then like he like finally gets him and he's trying to say sorry. Uh, yeah, it's after he beats him up cuz he's he's like telling Archie like I'm sorry. How was I supposed to know you're robbing your own house? <laughs> yeah. Like like I'm not stupid, but like that that was very stupid and then his wife Archie's wife is in the window and hears it. Of yeah. course that would happen to Otto. Yeah. Okay, let's get into our personal reviews, and then we'll talk some other great scenes as well. All right. So Jess and I both really enjoyed it. I think, for me, it's not one of the greats for comedies. Like, I, I couldn't put it in my top ten, I don't think. Yeah, we've given it a lot of praise while dis- dissecting it. Yeah. But it's not, like, a must-see. No. It's one of those ones where, like, like if you have a whole list of movies that you should watch but you don't really feel like watching them at the moment, you could throw this on as just a fun movie. Yeah, this it's not asking a lot from you to yeah. watch this. It's not lo- overly long or anything like that. It's not influencing too many things. Yeah. It has its own influences and stuff. But Yeah, it's, it's not intimidating by any means. No, yeah. So, Easy to watch, Yeah, but not in the top 10. 
No, not not even close for me. Um, like maybe close to the top one hundred comedies if you break it into. I like, would put it in my top one hundred comedies, but I don't know if that's saying a ton. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> it's at the lower end of the top one hundred comedies. Yeah, like maybe. Where maybe is it on the IMDb for fifty? Comedies? Where where is it for top comedies? Oh, uh, I could find that. Give me one second. Um, it's not in the top two hundred. Really? No, it might make the top two fifty of comedies. Eh. I just about have the same like ranking. Like this isn't a must see. Yeah, but it was good, but yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, I I agree with you. Like um, this has been on the peripheral of like lists of movies that I've thought of watching or I've seen other people say are a good watch. Yep. When I saw the name of the title, I was like, like I know this movie. I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. It's it's there in movie culture. Yeah. It has its place, but it's not a super important place. Yeah, I and I agree with you. Um, the nice thing is with this one is that it doesn't feel dated. It doesn't feel dated in the 80s necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas comedies are often almost like stuck in the time, time that they were yeah. made. Yeah, like if there's too much of like a certain element. Or if you're like, referencing like ongoing stuff happening or making like jokes to like, I don't know, just, just the way culture is. Like the new Matrix movie, for example, yeah. is, hits a lot on... Um, all the cultural references of the time. Yeah. And that might not hold up very well in 20 years. Yeah. Whereas I think overall the movie holds up. It's just like, it's just, it's a passable. It's like good, but not a great comedy. Like this isn't a movie that has like a, an excessive, like puking scene that it was common in like the early two thousands. And that was like the peak of comedy. It's not dated to a certain time. It has good comedy that's written well, and the characters just bounce well off each other. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, that, that's where I land on it. The scenes that are hilarious are great. The whole concept isn't, like, above, like, it's not above par, really. It's, like, it's, like a, it's a good movie. That's all, that's all it is. Yeah. It's not trying to be anything. It's, it's just funny. And it's a good watch. It's not the best, but it's a good watch. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, I I completely agree. Like I would say the best scenario for anyone listening, I guess, would if you're really not into just throwing this movie on, mm-hmm. watch some highlights and um, maybe check out some of the works from these other great actors. I really want to see another Kevin Klein movie. Me too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And I've I've heard of the Big Chill before, so that, that I have too. One. It's another one like I've heard of a fish called Wanda. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, uh, know what? I think f- I saw like a Family Guy where they had the exact same fish, and it was like Wanda. I'm pretty sure it was like a male fish talking to a female fish called Wanda. Anyways, mm-hmm. that's another random reference, but I'd watch some more uh, John Cleese, more Kevin Klein. I, I would like to watch Faulty Towers at some point. I've never actually watched Faulty Towers. I've watched mo I've I think I've seen every Monty Python movie, but I haven't watched the TV series. Um, but like I don't know, Monty Python's 
a classic. They're yeah, fantastic. Like they they like their impact. If I don't know if anyone listening has ever listened to like the episodes of Conan Needs a Friend where he's talking about he talks about Monty Python a lot, mm. but he talks to um some of the members of Monty Python as well. Mm-hmm. And like just the impact that it had. Like they were they were like 20 years ahead in comedy than the US and it took a while for everything to come over right. and they influenced almost everyone that you love in comedy. Yeah, oh yeah, like uh, and they would have had reference or inspired like SCTV in Canada, Mad TV, SNL, like, SNL probably Dave Chappelle show had some yeah. inspiration there. They started sketch comedy to a degree that it's actually its own genre kind of, I feel like. I think televised sketch comedy. Yes, yes. Yeah, because uh, they were talking about that. Anyways, I won't go into another podcast view on that, but it's (laughs) it's very interesting. So, like, this is just a little continuation for if you're interested in, like, the history of comedy, I guess. There's a guy in... There's two guys in this that heavily influence a lot within comedy. Yeah. And it shows in this movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, and a lot of love went into making this. Let's talk some of our favorite scenes. So touches dick and he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> what a great line! Yeah, yeah, and like their their um their whole discussion about what she's gonna do with Archie as she's going to visit him. Mm, um, yes, and like where where it ends up with him saying touch his dick and he's dead yeah and he's like oh will there be um canoodling and she's like yeah i, I could see a little bit of like canoodling. Chance yeah on that. yeah yeah <laughs> and um yeah so his, their whole relationship where he's so jealous yeah but he's like acting like he's not jealous like very poorly acting that yeah too. yeah yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, and him just trying, getting involved and weaseling his way into, like, every one of their situations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and like, when Archie and Wanda are, like, about to, like, they're on the bed making out, like, talking. Yeah. And Archie's like, does your brother know that we're, you're here? And she's like, no, he's an idiot. Yeah. And, like, she's like, uh, he thought that the Gettysburg Address was where Lincoln lived. And, like, and... <laughs> It was just like a good line there, and then um, Archie was about to say that he's so stupid, yeah, and he like sneaks his way into he's the like, Don't room. Don't call me stupid. Don't call me stupid. <laughs> yeah, and then he hangs him out the window. Oh. Yeah, the scene where Archie and her are in the flat, and Archie gets completely naked, and then the family walks in. That was probably yeah, one of the yeah. big laugh out loud moments for me. Yeah, because I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that either. Like, it, it didn't cross my mind. And the and kids are just like staring, yeah. like downwards at him. Yeah, and then he puts the picture of the wife. <laughs> yeah, and she's like looking at it, and yeah. like it's looking back at her. Uh- yeah. And I, I thought that they really were in the wrong flat. But yeah, just a small thing. But yeah, yeah. And then he, it turns out he knew them. Like yeah. just a small little thing, and like <laughs> it just made the it so awkwardness. Much more yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you sold us the house. Like yeah, a couple yeah, years ago. yeah. Oh, know what I do like about this? The comedy isn't like there's not that much cringe. I don't love cringe humor. No. When it's done appropriately, it's 
it's okay if it's in small amounts. I love, like, I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, you're not a Nathan for you kind of guy. No, no. Or, like, even, like, some scenes of The Office are too much. Yeah. They used it well here. I, I can agree. The scene where they're in Archie's house and um, he's bringing the champagne and then his wife shows back up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, the, the, the quick thinking on their feet that was, like, so dumb and ridiculous that yeah, was good. the fact the fact that they didn't get caught at that point, and, yeah. and it's just like increasingly like ridiculous scenarios yeah. and situations. And Otto just shows how like dumb he is, but how quick thinking he is at the same yeah. time. He's like, "Oh, I'm KGB," yeah. and like Archie's wife, her dad was in the CIA or whatever, and like she says his name back to him, the name he just made up. He's like, "I'm like, <laughs> what was that name? I tried yeah. to write it down, uh, Harvey." Man Jenjinson. Yeah, it was it, he used um three different endings to like that name like Jen Densen or something like that and then she just repeats it back perfectly like she understands this whole like CIA thing. Yeah. And he's just playing this part, yeah, and he just he was quick thinking but too dumb to pull it off. Yeah, and then Wanda's trying to get away and and Archie's just panicking and trying to get the locket. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Gives, gives the locket to his wife accidentally, <laughs> yeah. and she just loves it. <laughs> yeah, they're you're like, oh, are they gonna rekindle? Hard no. No, yeah. <laughs> the love scene between the two different couples, and we're flashing back between Archie and going to bed there, and Wanda and Otto. You know? Yeah, and, yeah. And it's just like this, like music playing, and like Archie and Wanda are. Archie and Wendy are going to bed in separate beds, and then um, like Otto and Wander having this crazy like sex. Basically, yeah. Oh, another thing that we didn't bring up is yeah. like another weird thing about Otto is him smelling his own armpit. Like that's the first time I've ever seen that. At least first chronologically, I've seen that in other movies. Right. Like I don't know if you ever watched it, but there's a movie. It was super popular in like early 2000s called Super Freak. I've heard of it. Or Superstar. Superstar. I think that's what it was. Okay, I'm not sure. Anyways, she she would like shove her her hands in her armpits and then sniff them and be like... (laughs) He was basically doing that, but like decades earlier. Right. Yeah, no, uh, that scene, just the contrast between the two, I thought was really effective Mm. um, and pretty funny. Those are those are my top scenes. Is that the the end sequence with uh, the revenge? <laughs> anything that Kevin Klein is doing, anything in this movie is great. Oh, just like small lines, like um, when Wanda is introducing Otto to Ken as her brother. She's like, like, yeah, he's a little crazy. Dad used to beat him up, and then Ken, like, she walks away, and Ken's like good <laughs> like that line was just like well placed small little line very perfectly like done by like it fit his character and everything. yeah yeah the uh the name was harvey manfred jen sen yeah Den. yeah 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 <laughs> and she just repeats it back perfectly <laughs> and he's pretending to be kgb and she like that he's debriefing people about uh like a secret uh safe house or something yeah she's she's like if you were fbi you wouldn't be going around telling people that you're securing a safe house yeah 
the one spot I didn't I didn't talk about that we haven't talked about yet is sequels, prequels, reboots. So they made a spiritual su- successor called Fierce Creatures in 1997, starring the four main cast and a lot of the uh, the other characters in the film make an appearance as well. Hmm. Um, not as well received uh, at all at that point in time. I don't think it'll be something that I ever check out, but. If, if you're absolutely in love with this film and want to see all of the actors and characters together again, then it's out there for you. Oh, uh, one thing that we didn't talk about is just the ending. Um, oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. The end credits explain what happens to everybody after. And it's just like a little bit of comedy that's pretty funny. It was hilarious because it was so drastically different from anything like you would expect in the yeah. movie like it was just like i've, I've actually I, pu- I did pulled up because i did want to talk about it mm. um so archie and wanda wanda were married in rio had 17 children and founded a leper colony <laughs> yeah uh auto emigrated to south africa and became minister of justice <laughs> and then ken became master of ceremonies at the london sea world yeah. like none of that has anything to do at all yeah, with like just the movie. pure ridiculous like yeah. just a little add-in <laughs> I had a good very, laugh at like, that. like very Python esque, I guess. Yeah, and it's a good callback to other films like that, like uh, National Lampoon's. Uh, what's it called? Family Vacation. No, it's the original one where they're. It's not Van Wilder, but it's the one where they're on camp campus. Um, Animal House. No. Animal House. That's yeah? what it is. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's Animal House. Animal House has an end like that. Hmm. Yeah, so it's a callback to Animal House and the way that that one ends, which is a good movie, but is quite dated today. Mm. The characters were well done, and that's what I appreciate the most about this. Yeah, is just that like they had that little bit of free reign and the um like the writing and like John Cleese and um Charles Crichton. No, well, yeah, I don't know how much of the comedy part he wrote. Know what I mean? It's right. it is probably pretty influenced by Michael Palin. So like those two, like the the classic Monty Python, like they right. they probably created most of the the comedy. So yeah, just the the writing and the character work was mm-hmm. great. Yeah, like if I was a aspiring director or something like that or writer mm-hmm. i would have a look at this film just to see like how they created auto and also to look at like how to use real life experiences in ken's character yeah that's like, a good point for sure and authenticity and stuff in that regard yeah um and and this is a pretty stark contrast to some of the other movies that we've done on the podcast and especially the movies that we've done of recent because Hitchcock would not have allowed the actors to have any sort of input freedom, on their yeah, characters yeah. or freedom. Um, and it's the same with Stanley Kubrick who wanted his actors to just do what he told them to. And basically. do it perfectly. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so this is kind of a, an anti-thesis to those arguments as directors. Yeah. yeah. And it, it works in this case. Yeah. Anyway, so coming up in April, we've got action adventure and animation are our next two you and i haven't th- talked about action adventure and what we want to do oh i would love to do rambo but that's like too big everyone's seen not at no not many people have seen rambo i hate rambo <laughs> it is so good I, i'm 
Gonna be honest, I do not enjoy the Rambo series. How about Rocky? I enjoy Rocky. I like Rambo better than Rocky. I don't know. I I could not get into Rambo at all because, in my opinion, it glorifies what it's trying to be a commentary about. But this is this is a discussion for if you ever convince me to watch. Yeah, that. yeah, true. And we should we should at some point because yeah. I think that I've got a differing opinion enough on it that. I could discuss it. There's so but. many other movies that I'd rather watch, though, for this. That, yeah. Yeah. And Action Adventure is our next one. We'll have to think about which one. So I've got you a couple what? good ones on our list. We can mix that with another category like the martial arts, like Asian-inspired. Um, I could be interested. Like maybe a a, Jean, a, a Van Damme movie. Yeah. His name? Yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Bloodsport. Oh. I've never seen a Van Damme movie. I think it was Red Belt. Or Chuck Norris movie. Maybe. There's, yeah, like, there's a few that we haven't, like, I... I haven't explored that genre at all, so... I've seen a few, but, yeah, here and there. We do have, we do have a plan for foreign films at some point, so I don't, I don't want to necessarily go there yet with that, but I... You and I haven't really talked yet about Roadhouse. what our next movie is. So. Could be Roadhouse. I haven't seen it. Have you? I've, I have seen Roadhouse, uh, and I would not necessarily be against it. Yeah. I have thoughts and feelings about Roadhouse, and I, I'm sure I could talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as viewers, if you have any recommendations for action adventures that we should watch, let us know, and because at this point we're pretty open to what uh, the next month looks like, as well as animation. I think animation is going to be the latter half of April. I have a couple ideas in my mind actually already of some older animation films that I haven't seen and I really want to watch. So, and maybe yeah. the Rotel Dorado makes yeah. it in there. So yeah, that's like up there for good that's ones. on the cusp of like what our range of movies is because it did come out in two thousand, but I'm not against it. Yeah, yeah, um, because I've never seen it. Otherwise, I think that's it for this episode. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, as always, tell us what you think, uh, give us some feedback, and we will see you in a few weeks. Yep. Yeah. All right, have a good night, everyone. Bye.